Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. My name is Haley and I'm your host. We're back with another solo episode. I love solo episodes. I love getting to catch up with you guys. I hope you like them as well. Today's is going to be all about getting involved early and how to do it and why it matters. But we're going to get into that a little bit later after our typical intro. So I'm going to share some motivation with you all and then also catch you up a little bit on my life. So generally speaking, I've been packing and getting ready to move on Saturday, which the day before, the day that you guys are listening to this is our first day of fall classes, which is very exciting. We get to go into the dental school for like an hour to take a headshot and to pick up our kits for SimLab and stuff, I think. And then the next, later that week, we get to go into SimLab for the first time, which is going to be so cool, but I will share how all that goes in next week's episode. But we did get a little bit more information about how SimLab works. It's kind of weird. We're in two groups, which makes total sense. They split the class in half into an odd group and an even group based on your bench number. It's fun. I'm next to one of my good friends. And then the other people around me are all like very smart and kind. So I feel like hopefully we'll have a really good experience being in SimLab. But the part and why I said it was weird is that it's not necessarily you have the same schedule every week, which I don't particularly like. Like I'm not there Wednesdays and Fridays every week. It sometimes varies. Sometimes I go in on a Thursday. So it's a little tricky. Like I'm going to have to go through the syllabus very clearly and make sure my calendar aligns with their calendar. But I'm going to do all of that tomorrow before I do the big move because today is Thursday when I'm recording this. I do and I am filming a ton of stuff right now for YouTube. So there's a packing video, there's a move-in vlog coming up, there's an organized with me for a new semester kind of showing you how I go through syllabi, how I get everything all together and giving you guys some motivation. So all those videos are going to be up in the coming weeks. I'm planning to still try to do Monday, Friday uploads until all those videos are through. And then we're just going to be doing once a week, Wednesday, a vlog of whatever happened that week in dental school. So if you guys aren't subscribed to my YouTube channel and you like to watch, video format as well. It's just my name, Haley Schultz. Another thing that put kind of a damper on our two-week break is on Monday, we got emails from one of our professors about a bunch of coursework that he wanted us to complete before class on Monday. So later today and tomorrow, I'm going to watch three lectures for a cell bio class because that class was kind of a flipped style. It's not fully flipped, but they want you to watch all the lectures before you show up and then be prepared for like a discussion and a quiz every day in that lecture. And it's kind of interesting because I know some dental schools are like, we are a flipped curriculum and then some are just like every class is different and that's how ours is. They're not all flipped, but they're not all traditional. So it's really important to be very on top of your schedule and your class function. So that's the reason I think that planning that I'm going to show you guys in a video is so helpful to know the format of each class, know when you need to be, where you need to be, if it's live, if it's pre-recorded. Because again, this semester we have a mix of live classes, pre-recorded classes, those in-person sim labs. So it's going to be very interesting. And like I said in previous episodes, if you missed that intro, is that we're going to be in about 23 credits. So it's going to be a heavy load, but I'm optimistic that it'll be okay. We have two tougher science classes being infection and immunity then the other one being cell biology. So hopefully those go okay. They're quite a bit of credits and they're apparently really challenging. So those will be probably my main focus and then also getting 
good and improving in sim lab and i know that everyone is starting up classes this week so that's just going to be my motivation is get yourself on iCalendar or google calendar if you're not already a virtual planning person give it a try this semester i think you're going to love it it's really easy to change the colors of your classes and your things you're putting in your planner as well i find it to be the least overwhelming to have one color for class in general and not have a different color per class because i just think it's visually upsetting to look at like 10 different colors. You can easily look up a tutorial on YouTube or I've even shared it on my Instagram stories how to change the colors on iCalendar or on Google Calendar to just be like I also a reason I like using them is to make them more of like a neutral tone because I think it's much better again to look at less overwhelming but still color codes class versus personal versus wellness versus exams. I do exams in like a light red color and then also I obviously need to have my YouTube and my podcasting and the clubs that I'm involved in all have their own color so you guys can check out that planning video again to see how that all works. That's going to be up um, on Friday the 11th of September so look forward to that. But yeah, my motivation and I guess productivity type of the week is to try to do that. I really think that getting all your exams and syllabi and kind of life schedule, try out time blocking if you really want to go for it, but getting everything onto a digital calendar, try it this semester and let me know what you guys think. I think it's so helpful. The main reason I prefer it over a planner is because it's always with you. It's on your phone. So if you're anywhere and someone says, hey, can you meet at 3 p.m. tomorrow? You don't have to open your backpack and pull out your planner or... A lot of times you don't even have your backpack and your planner with you. Like if you're at a volunteering event, you might just have your car keys and yourself and your phone. So you won't even be able to answer their question, which is just silly. So I think it's better to have everything with you all the time, which is your phone, which is your laptop, which is your iPad, which is whatever devices you use. It's always with you because you always have your phone. So that's my productive tip for the week. And now we're going to get into the episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so getting involved early. What does that mean? How can you do it? Why should you do it? Why does it matter? I want to start things off right here by saying the main goal of this at any stage, because like I said, we're going to go through early pre-dental, college pre-dental, and in dental school. The main goal here is to build your own experience. And the earlier that you start something, the deeper your involvement's going to be, the more connections you'll have, the more opportunities will come with that particular involvement. So the longer and more committed you are to that involvement, the more genuine it's also going to appear to admissions or to a person interviewing you for a job role. And specifically in dental school, I think the main thing you're going to get out of being involved and being involved early on is you're going to make connections. And again, the longer that you have these connections, the stronger they're going to be and the more beneficial they will be to you. So we're going to jump right into the early pre-dental experiences. But if you do want to know, because I'm going to go through in each topic kind of specific different types of experiences and my opinions and advice for them. But if you want to know specifically what I did and when 
more so. I did each of these experiences. My first four episodes of the podcast ever, I go through each year of undergrad and I talk about what I did in that year that was pre-dental related, how I did it, and all the specifics. So listen to those if you want a lot of concrete details because these are going to be more general advice and not even specifically my experiences, just drawing more on everything from my peers, everything I've collected and trying to share as much wisdom to you as possible. I know that most of you aren't in high school, but if you are in that early pre-dental stage is what I'm going to call it, the main thing that you want to do is shadow as early as you can to solidify that you do want to go into dentistry. You want to apply to dental school one day. So for me, that was mid-high school, and the number of hours that you shadow does not matter because for dentistry, you cannot put anything on your dental school application from earlier than your undergrad years. So it doesn't particularly matter if you did a thousand hours. You could mention it in your personal statement, but other than that, it doesn't count towards your actual requirements for dental school applications. So it's more just to solidify your interest. And that's why I would say I wouldn't particularly worry as an early pre-dental student about getting a bunch of hours and being at a specific practice. I think it would be really good if you can bop around a few different practices because they all run differently and maybe even see some specialists to figure out what area of dentistry and maybe what style of dentistry interests you the most. And if you're still kind of on the fence, I would definitely recommend as an early pre-dental student to solidify that this is what you want to do by checking out some other career paths that you're interested in, whether that be job shadowing or if that's not really the way that you get information about a specific job. Maybe if it's business, talk to some of your parents' friends that are in the specific field that you're interested in, whether that's accounting or marketing, and figure out that dentistry is for you. And once you do that, then you're pretty much just going to focus on enjoying high school. I don't really want to get too into things, but just do things that you're passionate about, have fun, get good grades, and the other most important thing is plan to attend a college that's going to launch you into your goals of getting into dental school as best as possible. And if you want to hear a little bit more about that, I believe I mentioned why I chose MSU in my freshman year of undergrad podcast number two. I believe it's the one after the trailer. All right, so transitioning into college as a pre-dental student, there's a couple different avenues that I'm going to talk about here. So one being volunteering the second being shadowing or other dental experiences, third being student organizations, leadership, and then also research, and then employment, and finally applying and the DAT applications, everything encompassed in that. So starting with volunteering, this is pretty short and sweet as to what does it mean to get involved early. It simply means to start your freshman year, start volunteering in some capacity. I didn't really do this. I had like a couple hours a semester just like through my student organizations but if you can get started earlier it's going to be much more impressive for applications and also you're going to have a stronger connection to that organization or the people there which is going to keep you motivated to continue going back and to continue showing up week by week or bi-weekly whatever you do because sometimes it is really hard to get motivated to go to volunteering when you have to stop studying get on the bus get in the car bike there whatever And it just kind of can disrupt your flow of your day. But I know whenever you leave volunteering, you feel so, so good and full of joy, or at least I did. So once you have that like joyful feeling and also that connection with the organization, you're going to be much more motivated to keep getting involved. And again, the more involved you are, you could get a job opportunity out of that, which goes back to that employment that we're going to talk about later. You could get um, some kind of leadership role, some kind of like committee organizing role that could be more than just a general volunteer. For dentistry specifically, there is no requirements for a number of volunteer hours, but I would say most people applying have 
some hundreds of hours, maybe a hundred, maybe 500. It probably just depends on the person. And the next thing we're going to talk about is shadowing or other dental experience. So you do want to make sure you get your shadowing hours done within your first three years at some capacity, sometime before you plan to start working on your dental applications, because it's really too stressful to do it all at once. I was able to get all of my shadowing done some before my DAT and then some after I finished studying for my DAT and then I personally applied the summer after that so I was able to get it all done pretty far in advance. Another thing I did want to mention that is you need to have about 100 to 150 hours generally speaking. For Michigan it's 100 hours and I think that's a pretty safe bet to be um, an applicant at most schools and to be a competitive applicant. A lot of schools do have requirements under 100 but the more you have obviously the more competitive you are. And in my opinion, I think once you hit 150 to 200 hours, there's not really much of a benefit of shadowing at that same practice. I think it could be beneficial to go see another practice, like I mentioned before, talking about high school because they all run differently. I think it could be beneficial to try to work in a dental office after you have that many hours, but you do want to get those 100 hours right away of purely shadowing. A lot of schools don't count dental assisting or working in the front office or working in a dental office as those 100 hours. So you want to make sure that they're purely shadowing. And I have heard from different admissions people, and this is only from certain schools, but that they like to see a lot of those hours come from general dentistry. Because when you're applying to dental school, you're not applying to be an orthodontist or an oral surgeon those first four years are training you to be a general dentist and then throughout that time is when you would be building up an application and applying to a dental specialty program if you are someone that really wants to be an orthodontist or pediatric dentist. So you really want to show them that I understand what general dentistry is like and I understand the roles that I would be doing if I were to graduate your program in four years and not get into a specialty program. And something you're going to notice throughout all of this and that I'm going to hit on again later is that this all really requires, this getting involved early, requires you to sit down at the beginning of your college experience or maybe at the end of high school and come up with a plan. You need to plan out when you plan on doing shadowing. Are you someone that's going to commute to a dental office during the school year or are you like me and you're going to do all your shadowing over the summer when you have a little bit more free time and flexibility to do so? So you want to make sure you have a plan on when you're going to accomplish all these different things that I'm laying out, when you're going to start to get involved, when are your goals to start to advance in whatever the role is. And circling back to those 100, 150 hours, like I said, once you hit that cap, I think you should pursue other things, whether that be working in a dental office, which is why I said shadowing or other dental experiences. So that could be working as a dental assistant, working as a like rover or runner that just helps out with random tasks around the office. It could be working at the front desk, helping with the receptionist, helping with insurance claims. All of that is going to give you really, really, really great dental experience, but Um, Now we're going to talk about how do you shadow, how do you get that opportunity, and then also how do you get the opportunities to be maybe a dental assistant. Firstly, I do want to say that I'm going to be doing an episode all about shadowing specifics, answering all the questions that you guys have. How does it work? How do I get involved? What should I expect? What should I wear? What should I do? What shouldn't I do? All on October 19th. But right now, I'm just going to talk about how do you get that opportunity. So honestly, This might be unfortunate to hear a lot of these good opportunities that you might hear your peers having do stem from some kind of connection and that shouldn't discourage you if you don't think you have connections because I personally really didn't and it still worked out for me. But the best way to start is to think about if you have any connections. So that could be a family friend, an actual family member 
or this is one of the most common things, is the dentist that you went to, or if you went to an orthodontist, or if you went to a pediatric dentist, call up those people that know who you are as a patient, because if someone knows your name, they're much more likely, or maybe it's just harder for them to say no, they're much more likely to let you come in and shadow. Another thing I just want to quickly throw in here as a word of caution is that they don't like to see a lot of your shadowing hours from family, especially like a father or a mother, it's okay to get started that way, but it'd be much better to go, especially dentists. They know so many dentists. So go to like your father's friend that's not related to you for your shadowing or your employment, just because there's a lot less bias and you're not allowed to get a letter of recommendation from a family member. So that's just a tip if you are thinking that you want to go shadow like your mom or your dad. So I said a lot of this can come from connections, but a lot of this also comes from persistence. And I think that's, I kind of had a mixture of both and also some kind of serendipity, some luck uh, for my personal dental experiences. But for persistence, I would say in my case, at first I did shadow a family dentist, but then we moved and that wasn't really accessible anymore. So I wanted to find someone new to shadow towards later in my college career. So I just had to call up a bunch of offices in the area. I think I did about 10 or 14 offices. And you want to have a little bit of a pitch that you say when they answer the phone, they're going to say, hi, Dr. So-and-so's office, how can I help you? And then you're going to say, hi, my name is Haley Schultz. I'm a pre-dental student at Michigan State University, and I would love to shadow Dr. X, if they allow it. Please give me a call back at blank, blank, blank phone number. And that is pretty much what I said. You definitely want to mention that you're a pre-dental student. You're really looking to shadow the specific doctor. So you want to look on their website and see which interests you the most. And if they're not available, but someone in the offices, they'll definitely tell you. They'll say, oh, Dr. Y isn't available, but you could shadow Dr. B if you'd like. And definitely just take any opportunities you can get. But um, I know some people say you could email. I think that's kind of a dead end when it comes to getting a shadowing opportunity. Offices are already so busy and you're going to have a hard time getting a phone call back. In non-COVID times, I do know some people show up to offices and hand out their resume and ask to speak to the doctor if they're free or just drop off their resume with a little sticky note. That's an option, but during COVID, I would not recommend that because that's just kind of inconsiderate to do. So phone call is the best way to go. It's pretty rare that a dentist straight up just doesn't want to help a pre-dental student. Every dentist that I've encountered in some capacity, whether that's through shadowing, at a school, at a volunteering event, are so willing and excited to help young dentists or pre-dental students. If they don't respond to you, don't take it personally. They either have too many shadows, that's the reason I wasn't allowed to come is because they already have a couple rotating through, or because they're simply too busy and they forgot about it. It's nothing against you. And then the third thing is definitely at specialty offices or at pediatric dentistry offices in particular, or maybe just some other general dentistry practices. If they have very sensitive patients or patients with dental trauma or dental anxiety, they're not going to particularly want someone in the office that's going to make those situations worse. So don't take it personally if someone says no or doesn't respond to you. I think it's fair to follow up with an office a second time, but I wouldn't leave more than two messages. I wouldn't call more than one time unless you're already in a back and forth. If they called you and said, yes, we can have you, but the dentist is going to call you back at another time. And if you haven't heard from them in a week, then follow up. And if they said, oh yeah, like she'll call you and she'll whatever, like you can keep following up if you have kind of a soft yes till you get that firm. This is the date you can show up, but I wouldn't bother people. It's just not going to be a good reputation for you to have. 
And from those opportunities, whether it's at a specialty office or a general office, sometimes if you're shadowing at a general dentist, you can ask, hey, I'm really interested in seeing some endo. Can you ask the dentist that you refer to um, if I can come shadow some of their procedures? Endo is root canals. But so you could do that for any different specialty. And then again, that's a connection. So they're much more likely to let you come in than if you're just some random person calling on the phone because they feel kind of an obligation to the dentist that you're already shadowing to kind of help them out by letting you come in and see their office. And through shadowing at a specialty or a general dentist, you're very likely or more likely to get a job at that office when they already know who you are. So that, again, could be an assistant, a runner, a front desk person. And it's good to get exposure to these general dentistry offices, specialty dentistry offices, community clinics, or private practice settings. Those are all kind of different perspectives you can get and would be really great to talk about. I didn't get nearly that much exposure to different things, but if you can and you have the time, that could be a really cool way to spend your hours. The next thing you might want to be considering getting involved in early is student organizations and leadership. And I think this is the easiest one to get involved in early because it's right on campus. It might be right in your building. It might be right down the street to show up to a meeting. I think being involved in student organizations is pretty easy and pretty passive, but you can take it to another level and start showing that you're really interested and very committed by going to as many events as possible, talking to the executive board, talking to the older members. And if they know you, again, Life is all about connections, unfortunately. If the exec board knows you, if you make friends with some of the older members, you have a much better chance of getting on eboard in coming years, getting leadership experience, and getting maybe invited to events that have less spots, things like that. I would 100% say every pre-dental student should be involved in their pre-dental club in some capacity, whether you're a very active member or whether you just go and meet the bare minimum requirements. I think it just, if there is one at your club, I think it looks poor. If there is one at your school, sorry, and you're not involved in it and admissions knows that one exists, I think it would just look poorly on you as to like, why aren't you involved? But if you have a bunch of other responsibilities or a bunch of other passions and it just doesn't work, obviously there's going to be exceptions and it'll be just fine. So that's one easy one to get involved in. I know when I worked as a tour guide at MSU, we recommended that you get involved in one club for your major or career path and then one club that's like a social or a passion thing. So if you really like ceramics, you could join a ceramics club. If you really like running, you can join like the running club or like the club track team or like a non-competitive sports or I am like something to get involved that's just like a fun thing for you and then for me I mostly did things for my um, specific interests for for dentistry and for pre-health so I was in pre-health club and I was in a dental club and then I was in um, a couple other like service things and like volunteer-based clubs and through a lot of the clubs you might notice even if they are like pre-dental club or something at least at our school they're still social and they have different events that aren't just about like taking the DAT they're like fun and getting to know people with the same interests as you so you might even find that clubs that are more career centered are still going to be exciting and fun for you and again this is just something when you're planning out your traditionally four years but it can really be anything don't feel like you need to stick to a mold of four years of undergrad but when you're planning out that timeline for yourself you want to know okay I'm going to join these couple clubs this year and then by junior year I want to be on leadership for one of them and senior year I'd like to have leadership in both of them in some capacity that can be something you can write down and something you can start working towards and um, the next thing we're going to talk about is research so research is something I was not heavily involved in. If you want to hear about it, you can listen to my junior year of undergrad episode. But research is is and can be extremely beneficial for getting into dental school. But 
different than medical school or maybe pharmacy school. It's not as pertinent and required because not all dentists are involved in research, whereas a lot of medical doctors or pharmacists are heavily involved in research. One of the best things to do if you live close by a dental school or if you attend a university with a dental school attached is to try to do research at that dental school. They do accept pre-dental students, I know, but I'm sure it's a little bit more competitive, maybe a little bit more tricky to get into, but that's worth pursuing off the bat. I also know that For my university, we're in the state of Michigan, we weren't near University of Michigan's dental school, but I know that some of my peers in the summer when they lived at home and maybe lived 30 minutes an hour from Ann Arbor or they sublet a house in Ann Arbor, then researched at the dental dental school or the medical school over the summer. So you can also consider doing summer research opportunities that are in a totally different space, totally different location than you live at for your university or at home with your parents. You can move somewhere for the summer to get a really cool research opportunity and that could be something very unique on your application. But traditionally, research means that you're doing it at your undergrad university with some professor in some area of study that you're interested in. So that could be within your major, if it's biology, microbiology, physiology, plant science, animal science, whatever it may be, you just search that department on Google with your universe with your university. It'll come up with a web page of all the different labs. And then you can pick a labs that seem interesting and email those professors and ask if they have any openings. You're probably going to have to email like 30 people and you'll hear back from like five and it'll be three no's and two yeses or something then you're going to probably interview to get a spot in their lab tell them about why you're interested tell them who you are and what your goals kind of are and I know for me a lot of the research positions were like why are you here because it's not relevant to dentistry and that is pretty discouraging and it's honestly true which is why I just didn't enjoy my position but that's why I'm recommending that if you can find research in the dental field that'd be even better but if you can't still try to find something that's interesting for you and even if you can do it for a semester better for a year better to start early your freshman year because then by senior year you might have published research you might be a lab manager rather than just a general lab um, like technician so those are some reasons that getting involved in research early and some ways to do it that would be helpful for you And the final actual involvement thing that I thought of was employment. And this is something that's going to come down to your personal goals and also your financial situation, whether you're totally financially independent in undergrad, then you might be working 20 hours a week, maybe like 30, 40 hours a week, depending what class load you're taking and everything. So it's going to vary on your own situation, but I think it does show to dental schools that you have very strong time management if you're able to hold down some kind of employment, whether it's part-time or full-time at some point during undergrad or all throughout undergrad. I know for me, I really just worked a couple summers in undergrad. I didn't work at all during the school year, and I'm really lucky that I didn't need to do that because I was able to put time into other activities. And I think hopefully what you're gathering from all these different categories I'm hitting it's not that necessarily you need to do them all and you need to do them all full force you just need to pick something and stick with it and be very committed to it other than shadowing you have to do shadowing because it's a requirement but all the other things are more just ideas and ways that you can shape your experience and shape your application to make it as strong as possible by starting as early as possible making those connections and getting that involvement and eventually leadership and other things that are going to make you stand out and make your own unique experience 
really relevant to the person reading your application, to the person interviewing you. This is what's going to make you unique is your own experiences. And the longer you're involved in them and the more opportunities that you have through them is going to make your own story, like I keep saying, more unique, more you, more descript, and that's how you're going to stand out against other people applying to dental school. And all this involvement, wrapping it all up and bringing it back to applying to dental school, DAT, everything you need to consider with that, all of this involvement is going to help you get a stronger letter of recommendation. So for dental school, um, if you want to hear about applications and letters of rec, I do go more in detail to it in my applying to dental school episode if you guys want to listen. That was episode six, if you guys want a reference when you're going back, but all this is going to allow you to get a better letter of recommendation from the dentist that you worked with, from a leadership guide, or from a research guide, or from a professor, if you are really active in classes and stuff like that. So just like thinking ahead is going to benefit you so much, having a plan, trying to get involved as early as you can, but also mentioning all this involvement, of course, one of your number one priorities should still be your academics and keeping your grades as high as you can. But all of these are just side things to fill your free time and to, I think personally, people do better in school. And I mean the statistics that people do do better in school when they have more involvement because it forces your downtime to be more productive because you have to be somewhere in two hours. So you need to get the assignment done now. Whereas if you didn't have somewhere to be, maybe you would wait all night to do the assignment. So that's just a reason, another reason why getting involved and having a lot to do is going to actually make you more productive and possibly better in school. But you do need to be constantly checking in with yourself, maybe once a month, maybe once a semester. Is everything on my plate good for me? Is this all benefiting me? Is it helping me be more productive? Is it going to increase my life like happiness and my joy? And then is it going to help me get into dental school? If not, if things aren't weighing out to be beneficial in the long run for you, or if you could better spend certain hours doing a different activity rather than something you're not liking so much, it's good to just check in with yourself and make sure that the way you're spending your time and maybe the plan that you initially thought out is actually the best plan for you because it's totally okay and expected to change that plan that you're going to make at the beginning of undergrad. And the last thing I want to mention for undergrad is in that plan, make sure that you're being really organized as you are doing all these experiences. You want to be logging all these hours for all the different types of experiences you're doing, keeping track of everyone that you're interacting with, the different leaders of the different experiences. That way you have their contact information for your application. You want to know how many hours you did everything. And in this plan, you want to know when you're going to apply to dental school, when you're going to take your DAT, when you're going to study for your DAT, when you want to have your personal statement written by so that it can start being reviewed by people. All these things you want to also implement into your plan. I couldn't leave that out because I think it's really important if we're talking about planning. And make sure that plan is realistic for you. Like I tried to mention earlier, this doesn't need to be a four-year plan. It doesn't need to be a three-year plan. doesn't need to be a six-year plan. It's whatever plan is realistic for you for getting you into dental school. Everyone is in a different life stage, a different has different needs and responsibilities in their life. So don't feel like you need to fit into some rigid, this is when you're supposed to do X, Y, Z. And I hope that like my own experiences are just kind of an example and maybe you can take some inspiration or ideas from it, not necessarily say you need to follow what I do or what someone else does to a T because that's not realistic. And now we're done with pretty much everything about being pre-dental. So now you're in dental school and why should I be involved? What does it mean to be involved? 
So for me and from what I've learned after only one semester so far, so I'm sure that throughout future episodes I'm going to have a lot more advice to share, but I have learned that getting involved in student organizations already after one semester has been so helpful for me and I can see how it's just going to be more helpful as I go throughout. And now these student organizations, it's nothing like undergrad really. I mean, I guess there are some comparisons, but you're not in them to help you get a job. You're not in them to like, I guess like to be well-rounded and everything. It's totally different. You're in them for your own learning and you're in them to meet people. And it's very different. It's not like you You do still have to pay a dues to be in the organization, but it's not, you have to come to six meetings a semester and you have to volunteer this much and you have to attend these social events. There's not requirements like that. It's all just show up to the events that you want to show up to. And then there is still a leadership board that you could be involved in or that you can reference if you need something. But the main thing is that you are making connections. These connections, as I've hit on this whole episode, connections are what carries you in dentistry. Dentistry is a very business-driven field, as you probably know, and connections are what gets you places. Connections get you jobs. Connections help you meet people at different programs. You can do externships so that you can get into specific programs. You can get an interview somewhere so you can job shadow and learn about different things. You can do different CE courses. Just It helps you get everything that you're looking for, not necessarily handed to you, but it gives you a community and a support system and people to go to that can point you in the right direction, can share their wisdom, can share their experiences and help you be a little less lost. I know for me, I don't have anyone in healthcare or dentistry in my family. So having this community and already starting to build that with people that are further along in dental school or faculty at the dental school or dentists in the area or other professionals. Some of these clubs bring in tax people. They bring in people that help dentists buy practices. They bring in loan experts. They bring in people that I really need to be involved with, people I really need to learn from, at least personally. So I have found that these organizations can be so, so helpful. I can't like sit stress enough how helpful and just calming it is when you walk into a building and you see familiar faces that know you like if you walk into a big conference room and someone there waves and says hi Haley it just makes you feel like okay like I'm welcome here everything's gonna be fine or for me I'm more thinking of like sim lab which is when we're in like a pre-clinic setting working on our hand skills if I don't know how to do something And it can be really intimidating to talk to faculty, but if that faculty is actually the faculty advisor for one of my clubs and they know me, I'm going to feel so much more comfortable asking them to help me with my prep, asking them to give me advice. And I'm not going to feel like I'm imposing as much if I ask them to stay after for a little bit to help me. Whereas if it's a complete stranger, you're just not going to feel comfortable doing that. And then also asking older dental students for help, whether that be, how do I get to this place in the building? Can you show me around town? How did you study for this class? Like having connections in dental school is immeasurably helpful and you're not going to make them by sitting in your apartment studying you're going to make them by getting out and getting involved in student organizations that are relevant to what you want to do if you want to be an orthodontist join the orthodontics association you know if you want to be a general dentist join the join the academy of general dentistry if your school has a chapter for that and then finally 
involvement besides connections just to help you have a better dental school experience, I'm talking about going in and going that extra mile. Try to assist people as often as you can so that you can get exposure in clinic. Try to shadow in the specialty clinics if you have downtime or if you want to go into a specialty, you definitely want to be making those connections in the specialty clinic. Not as applicable for me, but the next thing you could be doing is attending outreach events that could be in the local dental school community, but that could also be um, events abroad doing dental service. And finally, you want to get involved with your classmates, both academically. Yes, you want to be studying with them, but you also want to be involved with them socially. And that's going to be for your own benefit, for having fun, for relieving stress, for benefiting your grades. But again, it's going to pay off so much to have connections with these people. These are your colleagues. They're going to spread all over the country, have so many different experiences, be in academia, be involved in the ADA, in your local dental associations, be someone that has really good insight on practice management. And if you don't have good relationships with them, you're not going to feel comfortable or maybe they won't want to help you if you need it one day. So the better that you can put that effort into getting to know your classmates, I think the better it's going to pay off in the long term. Again, this is advice coming from a first year dental student, but that's just something I've already noticed and something I have been told by older dental students and new dentists. All right, so that is the end of this episode. I covered everything that I wanted to, which is really good. I hope you guys gained some insight on ways you can get involved, why it is really, really, really going to pay off in the long term. If you get involved, you start making connections, you start putting yourself out there. It's only going to pay off. It's only going to benefit you. So I hope you guys like this episode, but next week you can look forward to another guest. This is going to be a pediatric dentist. She's a recent graduate of her pediatric dentistry program at the University of Michigan. She went to Detroit Mercy for her dental schooling beforehand, and her name is Dr. Zara Zaid. And I'm really excited to share that episode with you. So we will talk to you next Monday.